On this episode of the State of the Bulldogs with Sam, Mike, and Jeb, we kick off our summer interview series uh, that we've been teasing this in the past couple months with a very special guest, our very own athletic director, Martin Newton. It is a fantastic conversation. Martin drops a lot of awesome knowledge, some cool insights. We hope you all enjoy. And with that, let's kick this thing off. I would imagine yeah. and there's nothing on yeah. it. Yeah. On a Saturday night. Yeah. Have a big win. Yeah. Eight against a four and five team for the FCS. And here goes Andre Washington. He's skipped through the defenders and he's taking it all the way. On the run, he's got room. Inside the five, Crittenden wins it. All right, everybody, we are joined tonight by our illustrious athletic director, Martin Newton. Martin, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Y'all doing okay? We are. We are. Doing well. So we're just going to get right into it. Um, can you just kick us off a little bit about you know how you got to Sanford as a, as a professional, but a little bit before that, too, you know, growing up. Just kind of give us a, a little background about who you are. Yeah, so I, I actually grew up in Tuscaloosa, and I came to Sanford on a basketball scholarship back in 1979. Uh, didn't know a whole lot about Sanford when I came there. Um, Dad was a basketball coach, um, got recruited by a few schools. Uh, one was in Ithaca, New York. It was freezing cold up there. Uh, no <laughs> yeah. way I was doing that. So uh, ended up coming to Sanford and um, uh, had a had an enjoyable, difficult, but enjoyable time while I was there. It was, you know, at that point in time, we didn't have football. So really the only sport on campus was men's basketball. And wow. uh, and, and the only minorities on campus, quite frankly, were men's basketball players. So it was a little bit of a challenging time. Um, but, but graduated, went off, spent 26 years with Nike and Converse and basketball sports marketing. Um, I started helping – uh, I did all the contracts for all the coaches that you see, the all-school deals that you see, whether it's Izzo mm-hmm. or, or Rick Barnes or Calipari or any of those deals. I did their shoe con, shoe and apparel contracts. And so in that process, I uh, got to know the coaches very well. So the athletic directors would call me and ask me if I would help them hire coaches. Uh, one of those coaches that I helped uh, or one of those schools that I helped was the University of Kentucky and hired John Calipari. And in that process, uh, wow. he, he asked me if, uh, if, if, if I would be, I was getting tired of Nike. I was on airplanes every week. I was tired of traveling all over the place. And he asked me if I would be interested in coming to work with him on his basketball staff. And, uh, I said, yeah, as long as I can run the administrative side and you coach the team. And, uh, in fact, we actually put a big sign in his office that said when he went on a recruiting trip one time said, coach your team, it's still up there to this day. Um, <laughs> But uh, so I got st- that's kind of how I got started in college athletics. And then I get a call about a year and a half into that from a buddy of mine that says that the Sanford uh, AD job was open and would I have any interest? And at the time I didn't. We were really good. Um, in fact, the following year, we went to the final four that year. The following year, they ended up winning the national championship in Kentucky. Um, but I can't. Yeah, what down, year was that? Like 2009, 2011. 10? Yeah. So 2011, I got there in March. I've got there in spring, April of 2011. So this call would have been in like the fall of 2010. 
And like I said, really wasn't interested at the time. Um, but I thought, you know what, you, you got to go through the interview process. It'll be good for him. I talked to my dad who had been an athletics director. And so what do you think? He said, yeah, it's your school. Go through the interview process. And so I did and uh, met a couple student athletes, one kid by the name of Jeremy Towns, JT, who you guys know. <laughs> we know Jeremy, yeah. yes. And after meeting JT, it was like, man, if this is what Sanford Athletics is all about, and these are kind of people they're putting out um, – I want to be a part of this. Plus, I thought we could make a difference. I thought we could come in with a, a different mindset. I thought at the time, Bob Roller was before me, was perfect for the time. He built things. He did a tremendous job transitioning from the OVC to the SOCON. Um, but I thought that my skill set would, would bode well at, the, at that time. I thought that, that I was what was needed. So I ended up somehow convinced him to give me the job. Um, and then, uh, got there in 2011 and have not, uh, turned back since I've had a great time. It's been the most 12, most rewarding 12 years of my professional career. And I've done some pretty cool stuff. I mean, it's funny. I was watching the air movie the other day with mm -hmm. my wife and, and my son and my grandson. And, and, you know, I was in North Carolina in 1983. Um, I, that was my first job was with North Carolina Converse and Michael Jordan was in North Carolina and that I was their Converse rep. So when they started talking about Michael wearing Adidas in practice, I said, that's not accurate. He never wore Adidas. In practice. Now I used to pick him up on campus all the time and he would be in Adidas warmups and Adidas shoes. He loved Adidas, but uh, you know, I've, I've kind of had some pretty cool experiences though in my career, but, uh, but the last 12 years have been really fun. been a lot of fun. I mean, just in that like five minutes, you could probably write a book or a couple of <laughs> I don't know about I mean, that. Gee whiz. Yeah, well, you were um, at Converse and Nike, right? So Converse yeah. back when they were the big basketball name and then Nike yeah. as they were coming up after the Jordan era. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've been very fortunate. I've been at the right place at the right time. And then not to mention Kentucky, you know, first couple of years of John Calipari, like some of the best players college basketball history, John Wall. Yeah. And, you might have just left with Anthony Davis there, but yeah. that's awesome. Well, Anthony came on recruiting visits. I just remember yeah. when Anthony came and his parents, they were so, he was such a sweet kid. And the, and the unibrow. You had the no unibrow, idea. yes. You had, no idea. Oh, no. you had no idea how good he was going to be. <laughs> but, you know, being able to you know, watch Eric Bledsoe and John Wall and DeMarcus, yeah. you know, kind of get them there and, and, and watch them grow up a little bit, uh, a, a little bit, uh, especially DeMarcus, um, <laughs> was a lot of fun. And, uh, we had, we had a we had a good time and just learning at Kentucky and you know you don't realize how big a job that is until you get there and you're on the inside. I mean it's just crazy. It's like Alabama football. You never take the coat off, right? Yeah, I can't right. imagine. And your dad was the the AD there, right? So previously, no. See, he had been there. He left. Uh, he retired. God, I'm trying to think. 2003, maybe. Um, okay. Maybe sooner than that. My mom, I'm trying to, I can't remember the dates. Uh, my wife would know exactly yeah. when it was. It was like 2000, right. 2000. He retires. Uh, they hired Mitch Barnhart. I was still with Nike. And, uh, and so when they actually, it was funny, when they offered me the job with Calipari, his only comment was when he found out what my salary was that I was making more as is the administrative guy on the basketball that he was as the AD. He was kind of pissed off. And, but it tells you how, how much the market had changed just within that, yeah, that period. The, the multimedia rights for college athletics had gone through the roofs. And so, uh, uh, so it, was, it was a cool time to be at the University of Kentucky. But, I, but again, I say all that to say the last 12 years have been the most rewarding, career, rewarding part of my professional career. It's been really fun. Yeah, and we'll get into this a little bit, but it really does seem like all the stops along the way really prepared you to help take 
Sanford Athletics to where it is today. You know, it's funny you say that because I was talking to somebody the other day and we were just talking about different skill sets and, and what skill set you need to be an AD. And I said, I don't know because I don't have any of those skill sets. I mean, I, I think, you know, the career path I chose coming out of college, I thought I wanted to coach. And then mm. my dad talked me out of it. He said, absolutely, you're not going to go into coaching. He said, it's, it's getting crazy. Well, he had a great foresight, right? Because it's absolutely yeah, getting crazy. It's crazy. And so uh, going with Converse and being able to do that, it let me marry kind of my love of basketball and my love of shoes. And so uh, I'm still trying to figure out what my skill set is, and, and I'm re- not sure that I really know. And I'm really not sure what uh, – ADs have to wear a lot of different hats. That I'm learning. And you don't know that until you get in that chair and realize that you got to wear a lot of different hats. So I, I, I think there's so many ADs that are so much better at than I am that know what they're doing more than I do. But I do think the one thing I've got is I've got decent gut instincts, and and I'm not willing, I, I'm not scared to take risk and take chances. And I think that's that's bode well. And I have a love and a passion for for where I'm at. So I think because of that, it's it's made it kind of fun. No, that's awesome. Uh, all right, so when you get to Sanford, you had mentioned uh, we had just joined the SoCon. We were not winning SoCon championships yet. So what, like when you set foot on campus, kind of what what did you see you wanted to do? And then what did you see that needed to be done like immediately? I think the first thing that needed to be done is we had to connect the campus, right? You know, mm-hmm. that, that it's almost like athletics sat on one side of the campus and the, the rest of the campus was over here and there was no connectivity. Right. And I just felt like, you know, there's an old saying, we talked about it a lot when I first got there, is people will support people. Well, we got to get out to know those people. we got to build relationships. We've got to make ourselves a part of campus. We've got to make sure we understand what Sanford's about. You know, athletics at Sanford serves a very important uh, purpose. Uh, Dr. Taylor has said it several times. It's the it's one of the front doors to, to campus, and it is because of the visibility. But at that time, there really wasn't a lot of um, relationships, um, uh, just desire to connect people. And so I think we spent a lot of just time just trying to connect people. And then, and then the next step was we had to get out in the community and make sure that we were one of the key things that you do as an athletic director, especially at a school this size is you got to be the primary fundraiser and friend raiser. You got to be out developing relationships and getting to know people. And so uh, we were able to do that. Talk a little bit about that. So I'm assuming the first time you ever had to raise money was when you took the job at Kentucky. Uh, yeah, um, but that's a whole different animal, raising money at Kentucky and raising <laughs> yeah, money anywhere right. else. That's like, hey, I don't doubt it. It's like, hey, man, we need this. Sure. How much you need? What? Well, <laughs> right, yeah. 10 million for the craft center would be nice. Sure. Let me, you need, you know. So uh, it's a little, little bit that's different. It's a little different. A little bit different. But, uh, and I'm not a good fundraiser. I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not a good fundraiser. I hate asking people for money. It's, it's just sure. brutal. Yeah. But, it's such an important part of what we do because our Bulldog Club, our donors, our corporate sponsors, I mean, that's what allows us to give our student athletes and our coaches what they need to be successful. So uh, that's that's a big part of what we do. No, for sure. I mean, yeah, if you were to name off one skill set an AD has, you would think fundraiser is number one. So that's very interesting to hear that you may not necessarily like it, but hopefully, hopefully, you know, the donors, they're just waiting to be asked. They really want to get yeah. um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, maybe it's just one of those. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's hope so. I'm going to ask you two before we end this podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> okay, so so you mentioned uh, you know for the, connecting the campus, connecting the community. 
and then you know once once you felt like that was the ball was kind of rolling where did you know what was your overall vision at that point early on well we wanted to win i mean you know there's a reason in college athletics that they have scoreboard right you want to win there's a reason they have conference standings We, we want to win and i don't want to be apologetic about trying to win and so um you think it's a lot easier than it is when you're when you're sitting on the outside i remember when i was at nike and I was, and Nike was a very competitive company. First of all, it was a publicly traded company, so everything was about how the stock's doing. But even within Nike, you had a lot of very competitive people. So if you weren't competitive by nature, you would absolutely get killed in a place like Nike. So I already came in with a little bit of a competitive mindset. I mean, like, you know, anytime I play something, or whether it's tiddlywinks or pickleball or <laughs> poker or whatever, I want to win. Yeah. I mean, that's just who I mm-hmm. who I am, and so. I think coming in with that mindset that you wanted to win, um, but it's not as easy as you think. Because I know when I was at, at Nike and I was helping coaches get jobs, you get to walk away from it then. And you don't see all that goes on behind the scenes. And, and most hires don't always work out. It's very rare. I mean, you know, that my dad used to have a saying that you're fired when you're hired. They just hadn't written the date, written the date in the contract yet. But in college <laughs> athletics, it's true. Most hires don't work out. So, yeah. you know, you think, oh, we'll, we'll get this going. We'll do this and get this going. and It'll be easy. Well, it's not as easy as you think. And it takes time. And you have to understand the process of, okay, these are the things that we need to be successful. It's not going to happen overnight having, you know, selling out the Pete Hanna Center or selling out a football stadium or doing this. Now, we were really fortunate. And the guy before me did a great job of hiring some guys like, like Todd Yelton, um, like Casey Dunn. You mentioned Casey Dunn. But basketball, yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, he's a legend, absolutely. But basketball had been broken at Sanford for a long time. I mean, we've we've had basically four or five really good years, right? And 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 so mm-hmm. it's not like, and this is in the history of the program. So it's not like there there was right. this basketball tradition. And I I misunderstood how tough that was going to be uh, in a football dominated area um, yeah. with little to no school support. It, it, and the other thing you've got to say, there's an old saying that coaches win games and administrations win championships. And I never really understood that until I sat in that chair. And it means that the president on down have to be a hundred percent in on what it's going to take to, to be successful and win. It's not going to happen because we wish it to happen. So there's been a big learning curve there. Um, but I just, I, I wanted to stay focused on winning. It's at the end of the day, it's all about winning. Sanford's a tremendous brand, right? The unit, the, the brand of Sanford University. There, when you when you say the name Sanford to people out in the community, they automatically think of great school, high academics, excellence, right? Well, that's what we want our athletic program to be: is broad based. We want it to to fit with that brand. That everything we do is excellent. Uh, we, we've got the best golf tournament in the state. And I say that, and you look at me, well, you cra- no, I'm tough. Fundraising-wise, it's the best golf tournament in the state. It blows everybody's golf tournament out of the water. And the reason that's it crazy. is because it's excellent. It's not, we play it at Shoal Creek. Everything is first class. And so that's kind of the mindset that we brought is everything we do, we want to be excellent. Well, I will say we were – so we started in 2013. I think, Michael, correct me if I'm wrong. Martin, you'll definitely know. But – our freshman year was the first year or last year we had Russell jerseys we, on the well, for the Actually, game. we got – yeah, I think we might have gotten rid of them a little bit before then because one of the first okay, things I okay. did when I came in, uh, I went up to meet the, the nice folks at Russell. And uh, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I, the first thing I said to the guy, I said this was – I think this was 2012. I can't remember exactly, but I said uh, – 
Um, we had a school-wide deal with Russell. They had Nike footwear, but they had a school-wide deal with Russell and, and apparel. Oh, yeah. Kids hated it. Student athletes hated it. They, it's the first thing they would say to me, when are we going to get out of Russell? So yeah. I, I go up to meet with the guys at Russell, and, and we had won that year. I think we won four or five championships that year. I think that's the year football went to the playoffs as well. But we, we'd, had a, we'd had a decent year. Yeah. And um, I asked the guy, I said, do you know how many conference championships we've won this year? And he goes – no. And I said, uh, do you know how many we won in Russell apparel? And he goes, well, I would assume all. And I said, no. I said, we, we ran track and field. We won baseball. We won, you know, and I named the ones we women's basketball. We, these are the ones. We, and we won them in Nike footwear and a track and field word, Nike apparel. Because y'all didn't do this. So it kind of was an eye opener there. I said, I want a partner that wants to be with us and knows what we're all about. I said, I came from that world. I knew everything about my schools everything about them. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the partner that cared about us the same way that we cared about us. And so we ended up switch, switching to go to Nike and we've never looked back. Have not looked back. I mean, 2013, no. we won a share of the SoCon title. Yeah. UTC missed that field yep. goal. We stormed. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, that good, was a day. good day. I, yeah. I remember it all too well. Yeah. <laughs> well the students so, enjoy the Nike as well. So, Oh, 100%. Love it. Students yeah. love it too. Yeah. When the bookstore came out with the jerseys this year, yeah. immediately purchased. Yeah, yeah. Uh, immediately purchased. <laughs> well, you know, the whole it's like the whole Sam Not Stan campaign. That came from a buddy of mine that I worked with at Nike. You guys know Sam Teague? You remember Sam Teague? Played on our baseball team. Sam was a walk-on from Portland, Oregon. His dad and I worked at, worked okay. together at Nike. He was chief designer for a lot of their cleated stuff. And, and so that whole Sam Not Stan thing came out of he and I, Sam and I having a conversation and going, look, man, here's the problem. You're going to go back to Portland, Oregon. And you're going to, or Beaverton, and you're going to, these people are going to say, hey, where are you going to school? You're going to say Sanford. And they're going to go, oh, Stanford. And you're going to have to go, (laughs) no, man, Sam, not Stan. And the next thing you know, two weeks later, Tracy sends me this t-shirt with the Sam, not Stan uh, concept. And we, man, that thing just blew out. That would, doesn't happen if, it it doesn't happen if we're not with Nike. Doesn't happen. Of course, of course that comes from a Nike guy. Of course. Exactly. (laughs) That is, it's too easy for them. Okay, so we just got – we were there – what was it? Our senior year, Michael, 2017, when we got the new logo? Yes. The new rebrand? Uh, yeah, yeah. So how much the, of a role did the athletic had. department play? A lot because there was there was several um, – you know, there were several different – when you do a logo program like this for an entire institution, there's – you know, you've got the institutional marks, which are more academic center, the bell tower, you know, the, the prestige, those type things. But then you've got to have that athletic connection, that athletic brand. Um, that sticks out that people can know. The, the the bulldog was one that our our team really spent a lot of time on giving input on because the bulldog that we current that we used to have it was basically the Gonzaga uh, bulldog. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. you know we kind of copied bits and pieces here, and, right. and it, it wasn't a bad logo. It just wasn't ours, and so we wanted something that. And I go back to that term excellence that kind of represented who we were a little bit more proud, something that stood up, and and so. Uh, our coaches had a lot of input. Um, we, we gave them a lot of our student athletes gave them a lot of an advice. Now, at the end of the day, Dartlet, the company that did it, came up with the design. But the athletic marks, it was really important. And it was really important for me to make sure that we kept the Sam dot as part of it. Because, again, that was something that Nike had come up with. It had tremendous traction. I mean, we sold more Sam, not Stan freaking T-shirts and that Sam with the red (laughs) dot on the end. I mean, it was crazy. 
So I wanted to make sure that stayed into play. But other than that, I mean, that was really Betsy Holloway and her team did a great job with that whole pro- that whole process. She was a marketing mm-hmm. professor of ours when we were yeah. in, in the very, very talented, very passionate. Very yeah. passionate yeah. about marketing. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I love it. And it, it's timed. It's timing is so good because we got this fresh look and we're starting to stack championships. Yeah. yeah. Starting to like put some more value behind just the imagery. Yeah. It's pretty, I mean, this is a very exciting. I mean, we started a podcast. Yeah. yeah. So this is a very <laughs> Seriously. exciting yeah, time. Absolutely. For, for that doesn't happen if we're not having some success, right? So exactly. It's cool. No, no. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about the basketball program. So, you know, you mentioned that it's very tough. We live in a football state. Everybody on Saturday was going to Alabama or Auburn for the game. How how did you and, and we were there for I think two basketball I think we saw two different basketball yeah. coaches, right, yeah. Michael? I think it was Benny Seltzer yeah. was the fresh our freshman yeah. year and then Coach Padgett yeah. for three years. Yeah, yeah, and Padgett, like everything on paper, we thought this guy was gonna be amazing. Yeah. And as you said, I mean, it just a lot of times it doesn't yeah. work out. Yeah. Whatever didn't yeah. stick. So talk a little bit about the challenges because you've hit a home run with Bucky. <laughs> How did we get there? Well, so we hired Benny out of the gate. And, and Benny, I'd known Benny a long time. Um, Benny was with Kelvin Sampson, who was a dear friend of mine in Oklahoma. And I watched Benny as he came up through the ranks. Benny was a player development guy, right? He wasn't necessarily a recruiter. He was a player development guy for Kelvin. And he was from Birmingham, played at Parker High School, knew about Sanford. And and so I just felt like at the time he was at Indiana at the time and they had done a really good job of, I felt like at Sanford, you needed to have somebody that could develop players because you're not going to beat Chattanooga or ETSU on players. They just got, they can get anybody. We've got limitations of who we can get in school. Number one. I mean, we, you know, it's, it's a tougher academic school than a lot of places. And so I felt like we needed somebody that could, that could get players in Billy. Benny was an excellent, excellent offensive basketball coach. But this is one of those things that you don't know. And again, this is as you're sitting on the outside looking in, it's easy to to say, well, that was a bad hire. But at the time, you never know how people are going to adjust to moving over those 18 inches. Can they handle it? Can they take mm-hmm. going from a, a support role to a head role? And I think it was a little bit of a challenge for, for Benny. And then you had all the transfer stuff going on. Then we, because of the APR, we, we put Scott in that role. And Scott's Scott's got great basketball pedigree. Scott's a really good basketball coach. And Scott, if you if you Scott yeah, had sure. a twenty win season, which is something that Sanford hadn't had since two thousand. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, that was our yeah, junior, yeah. Junior it, it, year. I think we had, it, some, we had talent. some talent. Well, then what happens is you start the next season. You get Wyatt Walker, your best player, gets hurt. You you get Christian Cunningham gets sick. You got you bring in a kid that you probably maybe shouldn't have brought in that that hurt the chemistry on the team. And the, the wheels fall off. And I, I felt horrible for Scott because I feel like he had it going in the right direction and then he just had some bad luck. And then we get to Bucky. And, and, and I can tell you the, my mindset when I hired Bucky was this. I'm not going to hire another assistant coach. I'll never hire anybody that has not sat in the chair as a head coach and who's not. And I don't want a fired head coach. I want somebody that has sat in the chair as a head coach and has had and has won and built a program. And I kept looking at Bucky three, four, five years earlier and watching what he did at Mountain Brook. I built a program that at a school very similar to ours, right? Affluent school, uh, football school, never had any success, real success in basketball. And, and all of a sudden he takes this thing and they're the best, they're the best basketball program in the state. They're fun to watch. They're exciting. Everybody in team knows everybody in town. Um, 
and and the guy's the most competitive guy I've ever met. So as I as I said, you know, I gotta I gotta seriously sit down with this. I call him a kid. He's not a kid, but I gotta sit down with this guy, <laughs> and I got I gotta pick his brain and find out what he knows. And it took me 15 minutes after sitting down with him, going, "This guy's it." Um, I, you know, mm-hmm. I've had the pleasure of being around who I think is the greatest college basketball coach, maybe other than John Wood and Rick Pitino. And, and actually he offered me a job way back in the nineties to come work for him at the university of Kentucky. And Rick's the best I've ever been around. Whoa. He is absolutely from A to Z the best basketball coach I've ever been. Bucky's got that same it factor, the way he sees the game, the way he thinks the game. And then you couple that with the fact that he's from Birmingham and it just was kind of the perfect fit and the perfect marriage to do it. Now, the question is, do you have the, the guts to go hire a high school coach that's never coached in college? And um, I just, you know, I screwed it up every other way. And I'm like, well, <laughs> if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down in flames, right? So, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you definitely you got some flack for that yeah. one. They, I mean, everybody was like high school basketball coach. It's like Sanford couldn't fall any lower, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Here we are. But we, I mean, even as students that, you know, I'm from, we're both from Tennessee. We knew yeah. who Bucky was when we yeah. were in Sanford. So he was a household yeah. name. He, heck of a basketball yeah. coach. And look, he's, he's been here three years. The first year was a COVID year. We can't count that first year, but you know, we finished third in the league one year and tied for first this year. And so the programs, the program's headed in the right direction. And that's completely a credit to him and what he's done. And, and again, I don't think we're going backwards. I mean, it doesn't mean we're going to win the league every year because this is a really competitive no, league. It's, it's too very competitive, but we're going in the right direction. right? And so I, to me, that's what it's all about. You know, what we love, Sam and I, and some of the guys that we've talked to about Bucky is what he's done with the students and the student section yeah. and building the Pete Hanna Center. We were at the yeah. Furman game this year, and even though we lost, we had this crazy. the best – Best basketball game we've been to, yeah. yeah. So he's he's been incredible at building that yeah. culture. Um, he's un, he's relentless. First of all, he never sleeps. And, and I'm one of those guys. As I've gotten old, I go to bed about nine nine thirty every night. Right? I'm up at five five thirty, but I'm in bed <laughs> early. And I, the knucklehead texts me every night. You know, like one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, dude, I'm not answering your text. If you text me past nine thirty, it's all <laughs> over. But his mind is always going. He's always thinking and and. Again, I just think uh, he's one of those guys that he's not going to rest until he's seen us go to back-to-back NCAA champ or NCAA tournaments and then win games in the NCAA tournament. So that's the kind of mindset you have to have. And you got to be different at a place like Sanford because we don't have built-in, you know, the built-in traditions and the other things that some schools that we compete right. against in. So you got to be a little bit different and, you know, knock on wood, it's, uh, it's working right now. I know. It's always – well, I guess I should just ask you. So, yes, we love that Bucky's very successful. We love that our basketball team is rolling. But is there such thing as – no, we're not there yet, but too much <laughs> success to where you might have to hire someone in five to ten years? You know, you know what? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, if we're if we're in that position, then, you know, what the three of us are, are – we're out having a – Coca-Cola and talking about how much how much <laughs> fun we had in the NCAA tournament, right? And so, that's yeah, true. yeah no, that's I hope true. so. The reality of it is with Bucky, I, I'll tell you this, he's unique. He's a little bit different. And now we just signed him to a seven-year contract. And, and I, 
you know, yeah. I'm not naive to think if Alabama picks up the phone and calls and, and, and you know, right. okay, they're offering him three and a half million dollars a year. I'm going to ask him to right. take me with as, as, as his manager or something, you know. But <laughs> but the, the reality of it is I, yeah. I think Bucky's unique. I think Bucky loves it in Birmingham. Um, and he is so competitive that he wants to see – like he wanted to see Mountain Brook be great. He's the same way with with Sanford, and I don't think he leaves until he gets us to the top of the mountain. I really don't. And and if he does, then we'll be celebrating and figuring out who the next guy is. I mean, I will say a testament to his program building ability is that Mountain Brook has continued yeah. to roll. So yeah, you know, with the Sanford grad as their head something coach, something to be said for that. Oh, uh, I didn't uh, really realize that. I don't uh, know. Tyler, if he, Tyler, that. he played uh, he played basketball that. at Sanford, so. Uh, yeah, oh, so he's uh, he was bucking. Yeah. Well, hey, there's the coach in the wings. That, you know, you just you never go. know. Yeah. But that's that's <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you know that's that's um, he was on Bucky's staff at Mountain Brook, and he's kind of kept up that same way of going, and, and something that Bucky yeah. built. So obviously, uh, so our freshman year, the Bobby Bowden statue was unveiled. Um, that was a big deal because it, I, I think, it felt like it added instant credibility to kind of Sanford's yeah. tradition which was largely unknown. Like we spoke to Kendall Watson and he, he said it best. He said, you know, football people know Sanford, but not a lot yeah. of other people do. So kind of talk us through how you added some, you know, tradition and uh, I, I guess, you know, just how, how you built the football program out, outside of the well, field. Well, you so know, I think you just said it. I mean, people don't, I'm not sure people understand that the, the tradition of, of who's been through our program, a Bobby Bowden, uh, a Jimbo right. Fisher, a Terry Bout. I mean, there's been some really yeah. um, very successful football people that have been been through our program. And so uh, making sure that people understood that. The Bowden statue was one that was quite simply, you know, they, they wanted to put it down at the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. And uh, and and wow. he wasn't an Alabama or an Auburn guy, right? So it wasn't going there. And so I called the guy and said, <laughs> look, man, uh, uh, he, he's a Sanford guy. Let's, we got plenty of room for him on our campus. And so it just, it, it worked out great. And he was so appreciative. And then we put him in our, you know, we'd never had a hall of fame. One of the, one of the first things I did when I got here is, is I really wanted to create a hall of fame because to me, you know, we, we used to have a saying at Nike represent, respect the past and represent the future, right? You got to respect the past. We, we'd never done that at Sanford. We'd never brought former players back or former coaches back and, and tell them how much they meant to us. And so Creating the Hall of Fame did just that. And Bobby was in our first Hall of Fame class and seeing how touched he was that his his university would 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 pay. Look, he's in every Hall of Fame there is. Right. But I'm telling you right now, this one meant more to him than anything. And so it just kind of it's that say, you know, going back and respecting the past. We've got a lot of great things to, to build on and and we've had some success in football. And then they shut the football program down. And shutting that football program down did more to hurt guys my age, for example, that that are in their wheelhouse of giving, so to speak, who did not have a great experience at Sanford because they, they quit football but didn't bring it back until 84. And so yeah. it's like you've got this 10-year window where there's no football, and you got a lot of people that are, quite frankly, a little pissed off at Sanford for doing it. And so we had a lot of, had a lot of work to do. And then, uh, you know, you got to credit Pat Sullivan for, for bringing credibility with his name and, and winning the Heisman trophy. For sure. But then you also yeah. got to give Chris Hatcher a lot of credit too, for, for, um, you know, putting some results together on the field and, and especially early on had great results. And then, 
kind of slipped. We Our defense slid, and then all of a sudden he made a decision to, to really shore up that defense and, and figure out the transfer portal. And next thing you know, we had best season in, really in the, in the history of – the modern history of Sanford football was this past year. Yeah, we've heard a lot of players that we've had interviewed talk about Project Samsonite and how that's impacted their training. Talk us through that. Yeah, so Project Samson came from from um, our strength and conditioning coach, Zach Mathers, and a, a run-in with Gary Cooney, who's a former football player at Sanford, um, and also who is on a couple of buildings at Sanford. Cooney Hall, which is our business school, <laughs> yeah. um, and then the Cooney Fieldhouse, where our football team is. And Gary, uh, unbelievable passion for Sanford Athletic. Well, let me rephrase that. Unbelievable passion for Sanford University. He wants to see us succeed in everything we do. So they have this chance conversation. They're talking about different things, and Zach's telling him what some of the needs are. And then that thing, Gary takes it from – something that really would help our student athletes to, well, how can we connect? I'll go back to what we earlier talked about, about connecting campus, right? And now all of a sudden it's not just Mm -hmm. about athletics. It's about how can we tie in our analytics department and how can we tie in our college of health science and how can we bring in Andrew sports medicine, who's the best in the business. And so this, yeah. So you've got all this, these incredible people and these incredible uh, entities working together to help our student athletes, but also to create uh, experiences for our students, whether it's College of Health Sciences or the business school, uh, and help Andrews as well. And so that's how this thing kind of got started. Now we're in our infancy stages. We're still trying to, we've got the, a lot of the equipment, which is great, but now you got to analyze the data. Well, to do that, you got to have people that know how to analyze the data. Um, and then you got to be able to have people that can tell you what to do with the data. So we're, we've still, in fact, I've mm-hmm. got a meeting with Gary on Wednesday and we're going to have conversations about kind of next steps with this thing and what this could be. But I think it's an unbelievable opportunity of what athletics and academics can do together to create some, some real world experience for students, uh, and, and benefiting your student athletes as well. 100%. Yeah. It, it seems like it could be a game changer, uh, especially for dominating the SoCon. We shall, we shall see. Absolutely. Especially tied in with football, because we've talked a lot about this, but recruits care about facilities. Yeah. And Sanford has pretty great facilities. Does the new um, rec center and, and upgrades, is any of that touching the athletic facilities themselves, or is it more towards the now, it, You know, primarily center? it is for it's for all students at Sanford, right? Primarily it is a campus rec and wellness okay. center. However, Bashinsky Gym, now that we'll have the new annex coming off the back of the old Cyber Gymnasium, um, that frees up Bashinsky Gym to now be renovated and become a practice facility for men's and women's basketball and volleyball. The beauty of that is we already have an academic center in the basement of that building, which is unbelievable for, for institutions at our size, like Furman, Wofford, Mercer, other private schools don't, don't, they don't have that type of athletic academic center. Um, and that's why we, it's one of the things I'm, I'm proud about winning. You know, we're the winningest. We've won more championships in the last decade than any school in the Southern Conference. Okay. Top to bottom. Not, not many, not many know people that. know that's that. We don't do a good that. enough job bragging on it. We got to do a better job, but, it, <laughs> but we have. And yet we've also, led the Southern Conference, or we're always in the top two. Us, It's been us and Wofford, quite frankly, that keep sharing it for graduation success rep. And so it's a combination of both. So to me, 
that that just tells you about the depth of our student athletes that we're getting, right? They're competitive as heck on the field, but they're also competitive in getting the job done in the classroom and graduate. And we're providing them resources to do something. So we'll get that building, which will definitely help those two sports. Because right now, three sports, they're all practicing in the Hanna Center. So we've got to go at six o'clock in the mornings. We've got to go. You know how the class schedules are at Sanford, right? It's eight, eight to two or whatever every day and then labs in the mm-hmm. afternoon. So you're really limited on when you can get on the court. It'll also help from a football stadium because what it's going to do, we'll have a covered practice facility underneath that annex, but then we'll also be able to close in the stadium. And so the stadium will look more like a stadium. And then I'm telling you this, Dr. Taylor you talk about a guy with vision, man. This this guy's incredible, and he's got some vision. I can't share everything with you now, but he's got some vision of what this this institution is going to look like in the next three to ten years. It's going to blow people's mind, and the football stadium will benefit. Uh, it's I can't man, I, it's. It, I mean, I was on campus for the first time since yeah, I graduated well, you, you, last year, and I didn't really yeah, even recognize yeah. the students. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he, he's. Well, it's only going to get better, I promise (laughs) you. It's going to make us us, us alums very proud of our university. But there's some things that will benefit the football stadium with with that as well. But, uh, you know, capacity-wise, we don't really need a bigger stadium. What we need is better amenities. We need connectivity from the east side to the west side. you know, need some luxury boxes, so to speak. And, And I don't know if it's luxury boxes as much as it is luxury seating areas where, where you can, you know, come in and bring a family and hang out and feel a little bit more comfortable than those God awful bleachers that have been there since 1958 (laughs) or whatever. So got a few changes to make there. That's yeah. That's exciting. Um, yeah, we've always wanted a dome for just a nice air conditioning experience for the football team, but yeah, you know, can't we can't have that. We'll settle for, we'll settle for anything. Yeah. In my lifetime. All right, so before I do want to get to the future of college sports because we'll tie kind of the NIL into that, but this is something that we've always tossed around right before we get to that. What is something that you think? Because uh, when we were there, you know, not a lot of people went to every football game. I think the bit most attended was the Thursday night. Uh, well, they just started, I think, sophomore, junior year when we were there. The Thursday night first game with the fireworks, like that was awesome because yeah. it wasn't in the heat yeah. too because of the fireworks. And then family night, uh, family weekend. How, like, what does the administration see in terms of attendance and how to, like, improve that? If it's possible, because it is Tuscaloosa and Auburn. It right? is. It's tough. It's challenging. And then and you've got UAB that's having some, some success. So it is challenging. But, you right. know, here's the beauty yeah. of football. And this is what football does. It's five or six weekends where you get to bring your community back to campus. So your community is not just your current students, your staff and faculty, but it's also your alums. It's also... Um, the people around this area that may not have the money to, to dole out to go to Tuscaloosa to a football game or Auburn to a football game. It's family friendly. It's sliding on the hill. It's all the things that we, we've talked about. <laughs> and to do that, quite frankly, you have to be successful. You know, pe- people will support people, but people support winners more than they support people. It's just a fact. Yeah. So we have yeah, to sure. be successful because at the end of the day, what football and, and all sports provides you is a sense of school pride. See, I want you guys to be, instead of being an Alabama and Auburn fan and, and, and putting an Alabama sticker on your car, I want you to feel enough pride that you got an Auburn, <laughs> a, a, a Sanford flag, not an Auburn flag in your front yard. Yeah. And, and that's done through athletics, quite frankly. You're getting an unbelievable – the degree you guys got, you, you're getting an unbel- you got an unbelievable degree. 
But but if we can create that school spirit, and that's what sport gives you. So football is a key component in that. It brings it brings people back to campus and where we can. So what we've got to do is focus on how do we when we get them back, how do we have fun with them? And it's a challenge, man, because when we play games in the SoCon, it's Saturday at two o'clock and it's hot as heck. So how do you know, we got to right. start looking at some different things. How can we get creative? What can, you know, can we play some more night games? Can we move games uh, at the first part of the season to different days of the week? I mean, there's different things that we've got to try to figure out how to do. But the most important thing is we got to win. You are spot on. Um, I mean, I have always had a Sanford bumper sticker. But <laughs> now that our football team is incredible, yeah. I think I sport my Sanford – the one you have on that Sanford Bulldog, Sam Dodd hat. There you go, I man. I wear that everywhere. I got the jersey, you know, I rock the jersey probably yeah. every football weekend. I love it. Winning produces a very, yeah. very fun environment, which yeah. instills a lot of pride. Yeah. It's uh, important. Football, especially when it takes yeah. it to a national scale. If only we'd be <laughs> North Dakota State. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Next year. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's, okay. Well, there's one more, there was one more thing. So one briefly, the whole ESPN yeah. plus deal with the SOCON, yeah. Felt like a game changer because when we first graduated, uh, the floor it was the Florida State year where we could have won with Duck Hodges um, in Tallahassee, and I think that was the only game we saw. Right, yeah. Michael? Like nothing was really available. But then I in twenty, so. it felt like yeah. twenty eighteen. That's when yeah. everything popped online, mm-hmm. and we were yeah. able to watch we, ESPN. So when we did our ESPN three plus. And I'll tell you, our, our broadcast crew, Johnny Mack and those guys do the best job of anybody in our league. Our, our games, if you go watch, you talk about Florida State, go watch Florida State soccer, who's one of the best teams in the program. Watch their broadcast, watch our soccer broadcast. I'm telling you, our, our guys do a tremendous job. Um, they take it really serious. And we've invested in, in, a, uh, in a broadcast studio for those guys. And they, students, and the beauty of what we do oh, wow. is our students are right in the middle of it, man. We hire probably 20 to 25 students every year to help run our broadcast. So it's really cool. But that Florida State game that you mentioned, that was on regular ESPN, right? And and so the, being on that linear right. platform uh, and then being the, the game kept getting delayed because of weather. And so it kept we at the time it played, we yes. were the only game on the air, man. It was us. And and we're here we are close, got a lead, yeah. you know, going late in the fourth <laughs> quarter and if we get a horrible call, but anyway, that's a long story. Um, but but it's important. And it again, it goes back to being excellent in everything we do. So if we're gonna do broadcast, let's let's do them right. Let's let's do them and we 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 invest in that more than other schools in the Southern Conference. And I will tell you, I, I think our broadcast team is better than anybody in the Southern Conference. I think when you watch our game, there's not a lot of difference from our game and, and some of the other games that you'll see on television. Oh, uh, there's a clear yeah. difference. Um, yeah. We've noticed that in like, basketball yeah. and baseball. Basketball, yeah. for basketball, sure. Basketball, yeah. for sure. Blake does a great job. Yeah, he's, he's good. Yeah, he does, a, he does an excellent yeah. job. I'm shocked he had, so he hadn't been picked up by somebody big. Because I think he's that good, <laughs> yeah. especially in baseball. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, really for is. sure. It, we're like counting the days I, until we start seeing him. I think you're right. I think the dude's really like, good. Yeah. He's got a great, great, great voice and great knowledge, and he studies it, man. He works it. So, Oh, yeah. yes. I mean, some of these guys, I mean, we were watching the Wofford broadcast. They don't know the yeah. names of the players. Well, and I'm a little like, biased, too. I think Blake oh. keeps it pretty. Blake is not bi- Right. Well, he's not yeah. too biased. I feel like he's not biased, but, but, you know. Okay. So, I mean, Martin, we really, really appreciate your time. And. We do want to end with kind of just a general question since you have been in sports for so long uh, and especially as an AD, you've seen a lot of change in just the general sports environment, college sports environment. What is the, 
you know, in your opinion, the future for schools like Sanford or UTC in this like rapidly changing money dominated? uh, That's a great question. And it's what keeps me up at night. Um, You know, believe it or not, I'm only 32 and I look like I'm 62, right? No, that's not true. I actually am 62, (laughs) but it's what keeps me up at night because it's, it's the million dollar question and nobody knows. What I will tell you is things are changing so rapidly that if you're not thinking about them and if you're not proactive, you're going to get left in the dust. And so we're constantly, and I know I'm constantly trying to think about, okay, what's next? All right, here's what the big boys are doing. They're spending money like it's going out of style. We don't have that kind of money. So how do we spend what we've got smart? How do we, how do you, you make sure that your coaches, that your student athletes feel like what we're doing is special and that they have everything they need, not want. There's a huge difference. And see, that's, that's where student athletes right now, we, and it's debatable. I mean, you could say, well, we're giving them, we're giving them everything. They, they deserve everything. Well, you know what you don't, it's like a kid. If you give a kid everything they want, you're going to have a kid that's spoiled and doesn't know what the heck to do with half the stuff he's got. But you teach a kid what he needs Mm -hmm. and then prepare him and process him through preparing to go through the process of things then they'll be successful for the rest of their life. And what concerns me right now is it's like the student athletes, we want this, we, we, we need NIL and we, we want to be paid and we want to, you know, we pay for play and we want to be employees. And I, that right now they don't know. And so what we've got to focus on is what they need. What, what do our kids need to be successful and win championships and get their degree? And if we'll stay focused on those two things, then things will play out. Now, we got to be creative with NIL, right? It's there. So we can either act like we're going to bury our head in the sand. And I'll give Bucky a lot of credit. He came to me when this thing first came. He said, hey, we've got to figure out something to at least be able to compete at our level with NIL. And we were ahead of the ball game with some stuff that we did. And it's not major stuff, but it's enough to make our kids realize that they matter. And and we're going to have to figure that out again Mm because now all of a sudden the transfer portal's changed again. And what these kids are doing, they're coming out of the transfer portal and they're getting offered ridiculous deals out of the transfer portal. Kids that don't even play at their current school that much. But these power fives, they've got the money. They don't know what to do with it. They're betting to come. They're losing rosters. And so they're just throwing out money. Well, we can't do that. So we've got to figure out how to be smart with what we do with our NIL, how we can use it to not just give them instant gratification, but how do we give them lifelong gratification? How do we connect them with other people? I go back to what I said. People will support people, man. How do we take the connections in this market in Birmingham, which is, you know, you look at over the mountain and there's some of the most successful people in the state living this over the mountain. How do we take those kids and we connect them with their degree and their access to and their ability in sports and we connect them to the business owners and the business people in this community that when they get when the air comes out of the ball, now they got an opportunity to get a job. And they've got an opportunity to not just get a job, to get a career. And so that's we, we just got to constantly think about how we can change change things and stay on top of things without spending millions of dollars on NIL money that, that's being thrown around at the, at the Power 5 level. It's crazy. And eventually it's not sustainable. It'll break. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see what yeah, happens with the will. House of Cards. And unfortunately, I can't believe I'm saying this. But it's going to take Congress to step in and help us because we, we were leaderless at yeah. the NCAA 
And now we've got a now we got a guy in there now that yes. understands politics, right? I mean, he can't. He was a. And hopefully, it's not. I don't. Too late. I don't think it is, and, and because I think what he he'll <laughs> he's able to do. He's already got those relationships in Congress and in, in, in the House, and so, so I think I think he'll utilize those relationships to get things that make sense to provide the student athletes what they need, not what they want, but what they need, and to put some balance back into this thing. Now the horse is out of the barn, so it's going to be hard to bring it all the way back in. But at least let's make some things. Yeah. Let, let's make the playing field a little bit more level in the areas that we can, because I can tell you what nobody wants, especially related to the men's basketball tournament. Nobody wants a men's basketball tournament. And I'm on the basketball selection committee, so I get to sit in that room and help pick those 68 teams. Yeah. Nobody wants a tournament that's all the Power Five. Nobody wants to see that. No, nobody. We want to see St. Pete St. Peter's beat Kentucky. We want to see Farley Dickinson beat Purdue. Those are the things that we want to see. <laughs> now, at the end of the day, we probably want to see Kentucky and Duke and North Carolina and Kansas in the Final Four. But going up to that, we want that Cinderella and that excitement. No, 100%. So it makes it great, yeah. Well, Martin, we really appreciate the time. You've been very generous with us. Uh, dropped a lot of good things. Yeah. So thank you. Well, guys, I appreciate y'all giving me the time. And I enjoy talking talking sports. So anytime, call me. When when you're over <laughs> on campus, come see yeah. me, man. Love to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, before we go, and I don't know when this will air, but uh, predictions for the cool. baseball tournament. Uh, you know, I wouldn't bet any? against us, man. I, I, if you'd have told me we'd have gone into Mercer and swept those dudes, they, they just right. Mercer just swept Wofford at Wofford. Um, I wouldn't bet against us. Yeah. I wouldn't. We just, man, these kids are they're they're, they're tough. They uh, uh, they just I, I, we're hitting the baseball well. As many injuries we as we've had with pitchers, and to be able to win the outright Southern Con- Conference no Championship, kidding. you gotta be kidding me, man. Uh, I'm proud of Tony. I'm proud of what he's done. He's built it the right way. He he has built it, and yeah. he deserved the chance. He had here's a guy that had waited and waited and waited, and finally mm-hmm. got his shot. And in his second year, he won conference championship. Man, that's what it's all about. And that's ten. This that's, that's awesome. ten so far this year. Nobody's right. counting, but that's ten so right far. a record. Yeah. So we got. Uh, look, we're you were stacking the record. Yeah, we got one more that we need to get. Eleven sounds a lot better. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get eleven. We're gonna get eleven this weekend. I'm feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, be it. It'll be tough. It'll be tough, but it's it. uh, it's it's definitely doable. Well, well thank I appreciate you, Martin. you guys. Yeah, we'll definitely hit you up when we're uh, when we're down thank there. You so Anytime, much. man. But, you yeah. guys are great. I appreciate your support. Thank you. Thanks. See you. Hey, you already know. You know, Sanford about to get that ring, man. Hey, love y'all. We love y'all. <laughs>